Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to another instalment of History Hack because you just absolutely 100% cannot get enough of these sharp attacks that we've been doing. Jason has been beavering away once again behind the scenes. Jason, how are you doing? I'm very well and again I'm really happy. Very convincing method version of a beaver there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it means something different in america anyway yes so i'm really happy to be together with all of my sharp alumni and i think it's going to be a great almost couple of hours absolutely and what is the theme today what have you gone with today well i feel that um we had after the first series of sharp they really had to come with a great second series and i feel that these guys along with alice are the heroes of the second series heroes of the second series and oh, there's Lyndon and hopefully Lyndon, um, yeah. Nicholas Grace will be joining us sorry Sharp fans that Alice's schedule her shooting schedule has has uh, left her unavailable for this morning's recording but she will be back in the future she will because we are going to do one on Sharp, Sharp's company aren't we we're going to do a special well, show on Sharp's company at some point yes she wasn't in Sharp's company but I thought she would fit in somewhere along the line yeah because she's quite an important character in the books as well as in the movies Perfect. So we're going to do Enemy and Honour today, yes. and we have got an amazing lineup. First of all, two of the chosen men are with us with us again. Michael Mears, hello. Hi, how are you? How are you doing? Good. How are you coping with 2020? It's been a while since we spoke. Yeah, um, it's trundling on, you know, trundling on, although it seems like we're going to possibly be going back into lockdown again, who knows, in the near future. Just doesn't, it's just never going to end, is it? And Lyndon's here, and he doesn't remember anything. Lyndon. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, not bad. Finally conquered Zoom to get in on this chat. And we have some new faces for our reunions as well today. We have the amazing Philip Whitchurch, of course, Fredrickson. Everyone has been, oh, there's so many questions, most of them revolving around the horrific makeup job. Uh, <laughs> but we can't wait to hear makeup job. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Very well, thank you. Brilliant. We have Nick Rowe with us. Captain Gillian, brilliant. He's also George Washington and many, many other things, including Sherlock Holmes. I'm really excited to have him here. We have the amazing Nick Grace is supposed to be, he'll be dropping in at some point, won't he, Jason? He's having issues. But we also have, oh, this is so exciting for me because he's like in everything I ever watched. Theodore Atkin, Duco, welcome. Hello. He's probably lying down somewhere in Brittany right now, having an awesome time. Exactly. Um, (laughs) I'm delighted to be with you. Thank you very much. How are you, Alex? Very well, thank you. As you said, Jason, Alex will join us at some point. And, of course, Natasha is lurking in the background as well. One day I'm going to get her onto the podcast. I I thought we could could round out a lot of the Crimean and and Russian crew because I'm in touch with a few of them now. So that would um, be be possible. That will, but um, yeah. So Mrs. Jason is there, and we will. She's getting braver every time she comes. And I'm says getting my me. courage. Yeah. <laughs> you did that without moving your lips, Jason. I would like to kick off by saying um, that honour me, honour me, <laughs> honour me, and enemy and honour are two of the more 
faithful to the books uh, episodes that we have had, and I because I re I re looked at the episodes and and had a, a skim through the books. So it's interesting because on Sharp Three, the next year, Gold Battle Sword, they went completely off pissed and and shattered all all all, uh, all of the, the structure of the book, uh, which is which is interesting. So that's why these episodes are so good, I guess, because they're so definitely. Painful. I can't I imagine if we did a Sharps Gold episode, it would just be everybody bitching for two hours. Well, we're going to have a Sharps Gold episode. I've got a few of the cast members lined up. We've got, uh, we've got a lot of people, so it should be interesting. Nick, I have to ask you. So we got a question in for you from uh, David Nye, who asked, were you familiar with Sharp or the Napoleonic Wars before taking the role? And then there are loads of questions from him and Robbie Coots as well about rockets and how much training you got on rockets or did they just let you straight at them god that my answer is going to be so disappointing david and and the others um i basically i I think i had just not long since left drama school and was happy to do any television job that came along and this was of course very exciting um because (laughs) it was a chance to travel um I didn't do uh, very much research. No, I was told that actually I'd be fine when I got there. That I was uh, I, I was in good hands and that I would be um, thrown straight in once I got the costume on. I'd know exactly what to do. Um, and as far as I know, I don't think I did have much time. Um, I think it was a fairly last minute thing. So I, I pretty much heard I got the job and got on a plane. Probably um, the uh, sexiest job ever. Just out of drama school, do you want to go and play with rockets on Sharp? Pretty, pretty nice. I mean, yes, very nice, especially. I mean, the idea of going to Ukraine via Moscow was kind of uh, great. And, of course, I knew nothing of the, um, the difficulties <laughs> that some people faced when they were there. Well, and it, in fit a way, really well. it fit really well because the rocket troop were, were, you know, underused and not trusted and sort of green, if you will. So it's perfect that the lieutenant in charge of them should be green and nervous and on their first yeah. job sort of thing. You know? Yes, I think they looked at me and thought, this man knows nothing about sort of um, rockets in 1808 uh, or whenever it was. And it, it, it was it 1808 or 1809? 1809, yep. Let's yep. be exact, 1809. Um, and I knew about rockets in 1808. It was the 1809 ones I wasn't so familiar with. <laughs> So, uh, so yes, um, David, in answer to your question, um, I was fairly, um, I was fairly new to, I knew a bit about the Peninsula War, yes, but, um, I didn't, I knew nothing about the, um, the, uh, rockets, uh, and the, and the part they played, and nor did I know Bernard Cornwall's books, so I quickly read, I, I quickly read a couple, um, so that was my research. Philip and Theodore, how, how into the books were you beforehand? Did you have any awareness of them at all? Uh, me, yeah. Um, I read a lot of the books only because I'm just interested in that period historically. Um, didn't really know the detail, but um, but uh, yeah, I mean the, the whole the whole bit of the Peninsula War that always fascinated me. But um, I, the actual minutiae of um, soldiering, really, I wasn't that familiar with. But like Nick says, you know, you get. You get the broth on, you get the uniform on, and that kind of does half the job for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think with the amount of stuff, paraphernalia you had to don as well, it would be pretty hard not to be in character by the time they'd finish with you. Yeah, yeah, it was funny eye, funny teeth, funny wig, 
Comedy, comedy wig, comedy eyes. <laughs> got, you know, I've still got the teeth upstairs in the bathroom in my old makeup box. Wow. Oh, that's excellent because Michael Kirby asked, did you keep the hair and teeth and do you get them out on special occasions? Well, <laughs> I used to. I didn't keep the wig. Who would want to keep the wig? But the I, I, I kept the teeth. And I also, um, I had a blank in my eye. Uh, I'm... Fortunately, I, I could never put it in anyway, so I, I part of the expression of the makeup girls always put it in for me. So um, that was, uh, I don't know where that went. But the teeth, yeah, I, when the kids were small, I occasionally put my teeth in to scare the shit out of them, you know. <laughs> Peter Carter wanted to know how challenging was it working under all of that crap, um, especially the false teeth covered in drool? Um. Yeah, I, I I had to. Part of the way the teeth fitted in the mouth really um, kind of I had to make decisions about how to speak because that affected the way I spoke and also the the uh, the wig I was never enamoured of really and I I tried to lose it as much as I could because it, it sat on the head and it was. <laughs> It wasn't fixed, obviously, and uh, I tried to lose it as much as possible. Um, and the eye was always <clears> – <throat> we always tried to fit it in the in the makeup truck. Trying to do it out on the field was always difficult because there was so much dust flying around. But if you got some grip behind the, the, the you know, the, um, the lens, it was really painful. So I, I tried to have it in as much as possible. I wanted to ask you um, if you ever longingly looked at someone having an easier time of it. Um, and actually, someone called Kenny Bonnet came and asked, um, if could you if you could have had an easier role, if you could have played any other role in Sharp, what would it have been? Um, Sharp. Yes. No one could play Sharp. No, um, <clears throat> I don't think so. I, I love the part of Fredrickson. Uh, it was such an interesting character because... You know, he was German, but like, you know, the British Army then wasn't just, you know, or, the, you know, it wasn't just English. It was French. It was Belgium. It was Germans. It was a whole mishmash of people. And I love the idea of that. There was this kind of, you know, European community all in the British Army. That, that's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and in the books, in the books, um, Fredrickson is so important, almost like as good a buddy as, as Harper is. And, um, you know, so you are definitely an important character, which is a shame they didn't do that, exploit it more in the episodes. You should have been in more, as, as Duco should have been in way more episodes, because he's in ev almost every single book. It, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I'm, well, I've done well by that. Unfortunately, uh, uh, Duco died, you know, he fell out of his, uh, horse, and the stupid, uh, English, uh, uh, soldier came and, uh, killed him. Well, actually, oh, no, I hate him. No, in Sharp's honour, a French soldier killed you. No, but you're you sure? You don't actually die, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. didn't want a French to kill me, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want that. What about a Belgian? <laughs> probably, probably, yeah. <laughs> it was an alien, you know, foreigner. foreigner. <laughs> Excellent. Theodore, Robbie wants yeah. to know, how did you play such an evil bugger so brilliantly? What helped you get into character? Because it's it's the way uh, I am, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, no. They, uh, in, 
of course, I think um, in all my career, and I, I doubt the others are going to say uh, different things about that, but uh, playing a villain is probably the, the, the best uh, uh, pleasure you can have. But, uh, yeah, the villain uh, parts are the most, uh, um, they're, they're deep. I mean, they're, um, they're full of, uh, uh, possibilities, you know. It's not only one character who's, uh, uh good or bad. You can dr- uh, drive your character from, uh, a, a point to another being, uh, almost, Making the the, uh, the the audience believe that you can turn or change or it's it's really something uh, impressive and 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 I loved it of course and I, I was there for a few years with all these guys and girls and um, I've got plenty of of souvenirs and memories of that time that uh, always struck me when I think about uh, Sharp. Uh, the well, not only being there as an actor, <laughs> but also that was a very, very intense uh, political and uh, uh, period, you know, uh, and social and social period at that time in Crimea or in Turkey. Uh, that uh, we've we've uh, been through so intense emotions, not only because what we were doing was very uh, deep and 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 profound and interesting, uh, thanks to uh, John Clegg and uh, and many others, of course. But uh, also uh, looking at what was happening all around was something that made me uh, grow up uh, a bit and and in and understand that uh, things are going to be worse like now. Brilliant. And I have to ask, Lyndon. Oh God! Surely you must remember Elizabeth Hurley. Oh yes, recollection. Yeah. Oh yes. A vague recollection. Yeah. <laughs> a vague recollection. <laughs> oh yes. I remember her? Yeah. Sharp's remember? Enemy. I remember in Simferopol, they're walking down the main street in Simferopol in a pair Sorry. of pajamas. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah, and there was all the kind of Ukrainian guys on the street as she walked past, like literally walking into lampposts. As <laughs> 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 they just turned round. I might, I might tell this. I think Jason, I, I, we were talking about this at some point. But Lyndon, you'll remember this. Hello, Lyndon. Nice to see Hello, you. Hello, buddy. How you doing? Um, very good. And I, I, we were sitting in a in the canteen in Yalta, in the in the in the sanatorium, and we were waiting for the arrival of the two the the the, the, the two the two the two next women to to come. You know that it was Helen and Michelle and and Liz and um, the two of them appeared in the door we were sitting around a table all of us so we're now looking at them and Jason with them doing very well well done 
<laughs> and so we were sitting around a table and we were talking away and, and, and like the, the, everything stopped. Time seemed to stop while everybody's heads sort of whipped around and looked at these two beautiful women coming in the room. And, um, you know, for me it was different. Obviously, I've been in London a little bit, but you've been away for months. <laughs> and, um, and, and Liz came up to the table and uh, suddenly there was a flurry of activity and everybody stood up and sort of went, oh, hello, 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 hello. And, um, and, she, and then she turned to me and she said, oh, I know you. <laughs> I've snogged you. And I was complete. I couldn't remember. It was bizarre. I couldn't remember. And everyone looked at me as if I was some sort of god and then kind of went, how the <laughs> hell did you manage that? You, look at you. You snogged Liz Hurley. And actually, it was just because we'd done a screen test a few years before where I'd had to kiss her. And and that was it. So suddenly, for a little while, I had, for about five seconds, I had everybody's respect. Until <laughs> <laughs> they realised that you'd forgotten about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. clearly I don't think about it every day. Michael, what are your memories of Enemy? Yeah, Liz Hurley, basically. I, you know, I remember my first, my first, Nick, my first day on set was your first day on set, if you remember. We were, we were on that plateau in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And had those rockets set up. Yes. And, and I always remember down in, in, in like a little gully, there was an archaeological dig going on. <laughs> it was nothing to do with the, um, with, with the, with the, um, yeah, the suit. Yeah, yes, nothing really to do with that, but it was just an amazing day for, for me, I remember. Not just because I met you, but no, because, oh, well, yeah, uh, that would have made a difference. But because it was like being on another planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it was really like being on another planet. That landscape was extraordinary, wasn't it? Extraordinary, yeah, yeah. And we was, we were so great, you know, you, you guys all kind of knew it. You, you bit, but for us, it was amazing, wasn't it? I remember the, um, I remember at lunchtime, um, seeing all the Ukrainian army boys um, sort of trying to find some shade and smoking cigarettes quite a lot because basically that seemed to be their lunch. You know, their, their, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't, I, I think basically there was sort of, they were paid in cigarettes, were they? To a certain they were paid a dollar a day and all the buckwheat they can eat. That's oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, remember, I remember them taking their boots off and they didn't have socks. Oh, crikey. They had, <laughs> they had rags wrapped around their feet. They worked so hard, those guys, didn't they? They right. really did. They really did. Um, yeah. But do you remember the, do you remember the, the, uh, the, the Russian soldier, soldiers that were coming from Baku and, uh, uh, going back to their, uh, um, to their home in Russia and they, they, they were crossing, uh, uh, with us in Yalta and they sold everything they had i mean the uniforms the weapons and everything and some of them had uh, jars of uh, uh, um caviar you remember the caviar the jars yes. yes. the, the jars uh, like uh, one one oh, kilo two jar. ounce uh, two, two, two pounds of caviar yeah. for two yeah for 20 uh, 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 jam jars, you know, jam jars. Okay, that uh, yeah. we passed at the at the border because it was absolutely forbidden to take caviar, but the the, the blue uh, cans, you know, the blue cans, and um, 
but we passed with the jars because they didn't know what, what was inside. And we paid that, I don't know, I remember like uh, 15... Yeah, 20 bucks a jar. Because it, it was, yeah, it was, 20 bucks a jar, exactly. It was poached, it was poached caviar. It was illegal, they'd had a sturgeon, they, they it, nicked it illegally and was selling it to us, 20 exactly. bucks a jar. You know, that was like a, a thousand quid's worth almost. You know? Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. We, we ate it like beans on toast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In fact, I poured it out with a slice of bread, just like look at me with my beans on toast, and it's just caviar. So all of these previous stories about the hardships endured in the Crimea are rubbish. You were sitting there eating caviar on toast. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. It up, really. Did any of these soldiers get any training from like riflemen more, or were they just released with black powder weapons on you? All? I can answer this one. Right. Rifleman Moore, as well as teaching all of us lot how to, to be a chosen man, he was an absolute god to the soldiers of Simferopol Barracks. He lived with them. He trained them. He ate with them. He did everything with them. And they loved him for it. Um, I mean, I know that, you know, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, you're just like a soldier, Jason. And it's, just, it's because of what Richard had taught us. You'll, you'll, you'll see a lot of it in my book. I, I, t- I talk about how he trained us how he ambushed us in the classroom, how he did all sorts of stuff. Are you writing but, a um, book, Jason? Yes, yes, I'm writing, I'm writing a book, yes. It's called um, <laughs> I Love Nick Rowe. Oh, that's, that's lovely. I'm going to write one. <laughs> no, it's called From, From Crimea With Love, and Nick Rowe's barely in it, really. Oh, so it's fine. No. Um, but no, Richard Moore was absolutely loved by those guys. He learned how to give all the orders. Remember, uh, Mickey? Shagger March! Yes. Remember that Shagger March? Um no. He'd learned all the, the, he had them drilled and everything. So, yes, the, Richard Moore did train them to the hilt. And there's Nick's great, Nick Rowe's first day on set. I, I, it's like my first day acting, um, full stop. Look at me. <laughs> but it's so real, uh, Nick. It's so real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, no acting required then. Um, no, I'm just looking straight past you to those awesome-looking rockets. Yeah. <laughs> Of no, course, no, no. Nick Rowe is being modest because he, before Sharp, was young Sherlock, which is a mega iconic movie. So, well, fans, no, no, fans no. out there, don't listen to Nick Rowe. He was so famous, <laughs> he forgot snogging Liz Hurley. Yeah, quite. I've got a wonderful picture of Liz actually doing my, doing my cravat up. Oh. And the problem is there is nowhere for my eyes to go apart from, you know, down. Um, you know, just because she was slightly shorter than me, ladies and gentlemen. Um, oh, look, right. a beautiful cat. Yeah, a beautiful cat. See, what? he's not a misogynist. He's just completely abandoned talking about Liz Hurley's chest for the cute I'm sorry. I, I know. Look, it, <laughs> to anybody who, to whom that was offensive, it was just... No, just, you know what? Like, it has been pointed out that lovely as she was on set, they, the girls always seem to be out and on view. <laughs> as a woman, I can say that without being well, torn apart. Thank you for supporting me there. So... What is the story Henry Willis would like to know behind Fredrickson? He doesn't look like a proper officer. Was he promoted from the ranks or was he the beneficiary of a rich aunt? Marcus, do you know this? Well, I presume he is, with his name, German. Uh, six rifles were really different. Um, if there's recently been rogues with rifles, so it's quite likely he was a professional soldier and had been many different armies in my assumption with Fredrickson. Professional soldier, and the 60th was another unit he came into. Uh, the 60th were quite renowned for their kind of elite status. 
So, Philip, playing Fredrickson, what did you assume his background was, or did you really not need it? Um, I, I knew he came, the 60th were like an, an elite um, company at regiment, and um, my understanding, I mean, I can't remember, I, I read, I, you know, I obviously dived into the books where Fredrickson was mentioned, and um, he just came across as somebody who was, um, as a as a soldier, he was more kind of um, he was interested in art and philosophy and of the time, obviously. And so uh, he wasn't just your kind of bog standard soldier in that sense. Um, and that's what I tried to play, really. Yeah, I I think you did it so well. Start yeah, I, I, I I look back fondly, Phil, at the night we spent in Selivki, uh, in front yeah. of the fort. When we're trying to con our way into the fort and we're gabbering away and you're speaking in Westphalian, I'm blabbing away in shitty French. Yes. And Dara's, oh, 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 oh. Dara's covered in Kensington gore. <laughs> we won't keep it warm. Remember they lit that big fire outside the gates. Yes. And when we weren't filming, we were all sitting there wrapped in blankets trying to keep warm. <laughs> Really cold those nights in that and lots of olive trees and everything. It's yeah, a great, great yeah. landscape. Beautiful. Let me just wrap up on Fredrickson, um, Phil, because yeah. Josh Wilson Jones wants to know. First of all, he says you are his favourite character, but he also says, "Are you still as devastated as I am that Sharp poached Madame Lucille's heart from right under your nose? And what are you doing to recover from this heartbreak?" Yeah, well, I I, I I married my wife Sally on the rebound, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was um, I was I mean the fact that Fredersen could even believe that he was in with a chance. <laughs> I found weird, but I put that down to his, as I say, he, he was kind of, uh, apart from being a soldier, a learned man, and I, he, he was also assuming uh, or hoping that she'd fall in love with his mind because <laughs> she wasn't going to fall in love with his teeth. There's a, I don't know if this is an in-joke I don't get, but Alan Hunt wants to know from Nick Grace, when you got the job on Sharp, did you down a few Brandy Alexanders to celebrate? That's very, very, yeah, it's an in-joke, the answer is no, okay. <laughs> Brandy Alexanders, with a stutter from Breitzet, are not available in Russia. So here's one for you. Bill Floyd has heard a rumour that the whole of filming for this series was, that was mostly one take. Is that true? Well, Jason will tell you that. Well, well, definitely the chosen men, since they were not going to let them waste film on them, we had to be definitely one take. Right, Mickey? And Lyndon? Uh, one take wonder. One take wonders, we were called. But sometimes you couldn't do one take, like an action and stuff. But we were shooting on six super 16-millimeter film. So it wasn't video that you could quickly delete. So mm. I think they, they had to be, they had to be, you know, everything had to be used. Yeah, sometimes, um, sometimes they'd rehearse us and think, yeah, we won't bother shooting that. Yes, yes. <laughs> definitely. You, you know, you, you kind of have to because sometimes the lighting is wrong. But in general, definitely the chosen men were one take wonders because they're like, that's oh, okay, we're going to cut it anyway, so it doesn't matter. But uh, not well, every single. Scene. Even, the, the camera probably wasn't even rolling when they were filming. We just thought it was. Precisely. Chosen <laughs> men, eh? I didn't choose you. <laughs> I've got to ask Nick, who I adore to bits, as he knows. Does, do which you Nick, which, are you talking to that, Nick? No, I adore both Nicks, but Nick, Nick <laughs> you just turned up. Um, okay. 
Do you remember fiber gel? Very, very well. I was going to bring that up too. Oh, well, why don't you go ahead? <laughs> well, I haven't taken my fiber gel today, so I, I'm not sure I can. <laughs> what I'd love to know is that, that incredible game that you started, like Slam Pan. We used our, um, we used our hotel... Well, hotel. We'll talk about that later. You're probably talking about already the KGB <laughs> building. Um, we used our, our hotel room keys, didn't we, to put into the middle. And yeah. then what did we slam on top? What was the thing that banged the keys on the table? I've got to look over there. Sorry. Hello over there. Right. I don't remember what? this. Yeah. I don't think you played, Jason. We had, we had a fibre gel group. Yeah. That's While right. you're all getting pissed in the bar, we had an intellectual fibre gel group. group. <laughs> we also developed our, our reflexes and our... Um, <laughs> our hand-eye coordination, uh, which was very you, useful, of course, for the for the filming. And it kept you regular, did it? It kept us very regular. We played yeah. it regularly. <laughs> that was a good question, Nick, because why did we have all these fiber gel? That's because we're all yeah. so worried about having the ships every day. Well, there was we had <laughs> all these packets of fiber gel. <laughs> I thought we well, slammed down, wasn't it, the fiber gel? I can't remember how the game was played. Uh, okay, roughly... Like snap with the cards to get yeah. the right thing, and then we'd all have our keys on the table, which must have had a, a chain on or something. And then when the, when the cards uh, coincided, we go, and you have to get your keys out first. And whoever was left got all the fiber gel as their prize. It was absolutely superb. <laughs> <laughs> fiber gel was the prize. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, um, gee, I, I remember not not everyone was there, but there was one um, one lovely evening. I think it was a Tuesday or Wednesday. And Theodore came back from Paris with a suitcase full of wine and cheese. Oh, I remember that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember that oh, night. Theodore. Yeah, that, that, that was yes. this day. In fact, to tell you the truth, it was not a suitcase. It was a, a, an enormous case that was, I don't know, like 12 different uh, wines and, uh, yeah. wow. and 30 cheese. And I remember Tom Clegg, there was, he had chosen the very finest wine and got the bottle just for him. He went on the corner <laughs> and he emptied that uh, that very uh, fine wine, you know. It was, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, red... Um, uh, so many, Theodore. I, I, I soaked off the labels and I put them in my, the Sharp 2 album I still have. I should really kind of find it. But... No! Yes, I soaked off the labels. Oh, I, have a whole... I, I didn't digitize those those photographs. Just this this <laughs> one of Lizen, but but I've got it, man. It was it was a memorable evening. I write oh. about it in my book. I'm writing a book, by the way. Um, and <laughs> oh. I, I love you for that, Fyodor. You are you are loved for what you did. We were yeah, starving. We were bored, and Fyodor yeah, took that. us out. Took us out of our little crazy enclosed bubble for for like a exactly. few hours. Mwah. Oh, you know what's you. hilarious, Jason? Well, that the listeners have sussed that they have um, Selkie's book bingo when they're listening to these now. Yeah. They have to drink every time you mention the book. Let's get them absolutely shit-faced. <laughs> and, and this is this is Lyndon and I after a few uh, after a few um, bottles of glasses of wine. You guys took me to a game of football at the stadium, Simferopol. Um, we, well, we played, didn't we? Uh, no, but no, we were watching. We were watching a game. Something like, yes, yes, football. that's right. Yes, yes, you did. That's right. That's um, right. You, you guys were spent most of the time listening to a game between Chelsea and Man U. That's right. Yes, and yes, exactly. I took a picture. Week, I took. Yeah, every week you'd receive 
uh, a cassette, uh, yes. a tape of yes. a Manchester United uh, um, a football player uh, of the the previous week. Yes, match, match of the day, it's called. Match of the, match day. Of the day. Match of the day, I don't know. And every uh, English uh, part of the crew was uh, watching. They were watching that. They, they were waiting for the tape for okay. one week, you know. They were uh, starving uh, <laughs> uh, for, for, for <laughs> that game to, 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 to be seen all together. And I, I, I'm sorry to say that, but I hate football. And uh, <laughs> but we were the donkeys. We were the donkeys who would carry out those tapes. I imagine. <laughs> oh yeah. For those those people who weren't regulars, we, we'd bring, we'd bring, we'd bring, we'd have to accompany a trunk with stuff in it, wouldn't we, from London? Yeah. And the day I did it, um, the lock had been jimmied open. We got to Simferopol, and I realised that the lock was broken open, and they a few things have been taken. I don't think anything of great consequence, but I felt a bit guilty because I felt like it was under my charge. But at the same time, to get me to look after a trunk as well as my own luggage was more than any actor can do. Um, as, long as, my, as long as my mail wasn't nicked, that was okay. No, that's that's it. But, so You would know. That was their way of ferrying things over. Anything could have been in that trunk. I could have been arrested and ended up in some sort of... Uh, <laughs> I, 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 when I was in Turkey, I came home to get some stuff and I was given a whole suitcase. And one of them was like 300 vitamin tablets in a nondescript bottle. I didn't know. And uh, <laughs> they pulled it out and I was like, oh. <laughs> oh. And I had to make up some, you know, they'd, luckily, believe me, because, you know, if they'd properly searched me, I would have been fucked. Um, I'd also, um, I'd, I had a lovely memory of uh, Fyodor pulling me aside one one evening and said, Jason, I have something for you. I was like, oh, what, what, what am I? Is this, is this stuff for your hair? It, it's a hair restorer, minoxidil. I was, like, <laughs> I, I was like, thank you so much, Fyodor, but I think I'm going to have to let it go, man. <laughs> oh, my God. But it didn't work at all. It didn't it work exactly at all. <laughs> but I remember something. Uh, you were watching uh, every week. Uh, I mean, on, on Sundays, certainly uh, the, uh, the the football matches. You know, on on the the on video tapes. tapes. And uh, as I'm not a very, uh, uh, I'm not a fan, a soccer fan. So. I went away from uh, the fantastic hotel where we were, you know. <laughs> and, and I went to uh, uh, Chekhov's house. Mm. There was, uh, it, it, was like a, it was like a, a small museum, but it was uh, Chekhov's, in mm. fact, actually Chekhov's uh, uh, Izba. And um, I went there. I was very impressed, you know, because after being on stage with uh, on Chekhov's uh, productions, and uh, I was watching all the the, the stuff he, he, he had uh, uh, when he was, of course, uh, when he was um, uh, living there, and on the entrance of his isba, there was uh, his coat. Chekhov's coat, a black stuff, you know. Uh, uh, I was impressed by the side of uh, the size of his bed because it was very tall, and uh, the size of his uh, wife's bed. She was, she was, she was a tiny woman. And the what bed was her was name, Fedor? What? 
What was her name? <laughs> oh, tell him. Ol- tell Olga Knipper. Olga Knipper. Exactly. Oh. Olga Knipper. And and the the women that that were uh, uh, um, uh, there, you know, to to keep the 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 whole thing, the the museum. They were drinking vodka and they were uh, talking together. So they were not uh, impressed by the only visitor that was there, me. And at at a moment when I went away from the, uh, I went out on on my going out, I took the coat and I put it on. Just like to feel what Chekhov could have felt, you know, with the, the coat on. And the coat was so large, so immense that I couldn't see my hands. You know, the the sleeves were go, were, were uh, coming uh, down like here, and uh, there was um, a very nice memory, as a matter of fact. Stop you, they didn't stop you from putting the jacket on. No, for I know they, they they were they didn't they didn't take uh, 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 well. They were getting drunk. They were not interested on um, on my uh, going from uh, a room to another. I was wandering in the uh, in the Isba all that time, and they didn't see. Uh, they didn't not watch me. Can I just add something to that very quickly? That that we Helena, Michelle, and I went one day, and it was closed, and uh, a window opened, and this woman, this old woman, one of whom you may have seen when you were there for yeah. She came running out. She took one look at Helena and thought she was the most beautiful person she'd ever seen. And she gave us a little private tour, I think, as a result, which was kind of great. So we were just wandering around this amazing house. Fantastic. In the time I went there, it was banned with about four people. Uh, (laughs) And the women were actually, you know, on the case. They were saying, move, move. You've seen enough of this room. Move to next Move to next year. Hang on, I haven't had a proper look. I haven't put the coat on yet. Move. <laughs> it was, it was it felt really busy, you know, four or five of us. Because they were quite small rooms, weren't they, Phil? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, in the yes. middle with a huge white plaster that heated the whole house. So the main fire was like in the middle room and the white chimney went right upstairs. Yeah. Sorry, this is just me remembering the house too because I love being there like you. Yeah. I didn't get the chance to wear and the coat on. And that's one of my biggest regrets. Natasha's reminding me that I didn't ever once go to... Um, Chekhov's Shame house. on you, Jason. Shame on you. It was hard. And I love Chekhov as well. Yeah. Um, but I will. I'll give a little story about museums. Uh, do you remember shooting at Lavadia Palace, Mickey? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Lindy. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> good, Lindy. Good. We shot at Lavadia Palace, which is where the Yalta Conference was in 1944 with Stalin, yeah. Roosevelt, Churchill. Yes. And 45. 45. 44. Sorry. 45. Sorry. Theodore, no, you can correct him. Go on. It's 45. No, 45. Yeah, 45. Yeah, 45. Yeah, yeah, 45. I grant you, I grant you. Potsdam. Potsdam was 44, yeah? Potsdam was 45. They both are 45. Taste and leave it. It's nothing to do with Sharp. Yeah. It is, it is. It has lots to do with Sharp. Anyway, so we're shooting the final scenes of Sharp's eagle there, and it's all Victoria, etc. And we were shooting just outside, uh, on the, outside the building, but next to the room where the actual conference was held. And I had a few minutes uh, to kill. I was dressed in full kit, rifle, and I strolled into the room. And there was a table that had the English delegation flag on it. So I went over and I sat in the biggest chair there. And I said, yeah, Churchill, come on, man. All of a sudden, this babble should come running out. And 
chased me out of the chair and out of the room. How dare you? Well, she wasn't speaking English, but I can imagine what she was saying. You bloody Western capitalist bastard. (laughs) (laughs) But so, you know, I was taking the piss, obviously, because I had my Baker rifle full kit and I was sitting in Churchill's chair. I felt I had a right, though. Yeah. Was there a waxwork museum there? I mean, is this my imagination? Was there a, a, a there was a sort of reenactment of the moment when Rasputin is killed? There was a sort there was a waxwork. Did anybody else see the waxwork um, in Lavadia Palace? It might have been the Lavadia Palace. It might have been somewhere in our environment, and I can't remember. It well uh, could have been. Natasha says. Thank you, because otherwise <laughs> I'm going mad. Jason, was there a restaurant there as well? Yes. We had dinner there, it was wonderful. I just remember fish and chips. We had fish and chips and, and little jars of vodka and in the Nevada Paris, no. It was a yeah. place with yeah. mirrors on the ceiling. And, yeah. and, and women dancing on the tables. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a Peter Greenaway esque picture of a sort of of, a, of of us all looking up at the Ceiling. So his face is all in reflection on these mirrors in the ceiling. Mm, that incredible mm. place we had dinner. I loved it. Every time you saw Dinny from a distance, he'd be doing, so he'd be reenacting some sort of fight of some kind. <laughs> about when he helped his brother Nosha in some pub or something. And yeah. In the, in the he'd be shadow boxing, wouldn't he? Every time. You just... Always. You just see it from a distance, wouldn't you? And then I. Yeah. There's a question that came up a couple times um, um, for Nick Rowe. Is uh, you were in Sherwood, Robin of Sherwood? In fact, Nick Grace was too, right? No, no. Hang on, I wasn't in Robin of Sherwood actually. What? Oh. I'd like Nicholas Rowe to have been in Robin of Sherwood, but thank you, Nick. Thank Good. you. You would have been wonderful. Well, let's forget that question anyway. The question yeah. was. <laughs> <laughs> One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Question is from Andy Wilson. <clears throat> I'll rescue Jason. Nicholas worked on an absolute classic with Robin of Sherwood. Mm. When he stepped into another classic in Sharp, did he see any similarities between the Chosen Men and the Merry Men? And were the productions (laughs) similar? Thank you, Alex. Uh, Very good question. None at all. None at all, except they want to get smashed every night. That was it. And I think, um, no, none none at all, except it's great playing villains, as Theodore will tell you. It's always great to be the villain. Yeah. And my my childhood was pretty much terrified of you every time I saw you. Oh, hooray, then it worked. Hooray. I have a question for you, though. Why, when you Google you, does a picture of you topless holding a fish come up? <laughs> People are always trying to get me naked. You know, Jason will tell you why, but um, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's a great shot. It is mm. brilliant. I just wondered if there was some sense behind it or if it was just how you were feeling that day, naked with a fish. 
<laughs> well, the serious side is, yes, it's to do with fish conservation. So Greta Scatman ah, waited uh-huh. 20 of us to be as naked as the fish we were holding. And so we all stood there totally naked um, with a fish. And what is great is that you don't see me naked at all. So all he wanted was my left nipple and the fish, obviously. Oh, French photographer, Theodore, we know his name, Denis Rouen or something, I can't remember now. Anyway, I did it for fish, fish love, fish love. Oh, that's <laughs> Nothing says I love you to a fish like taking your clothes off. I love it. Okay. No, it's, it's a good good shout. Uh, right, okay. Neil Carey wanted to know, were there any, so I think this is because so much comes out in these podcasts about the, uh, what word am I looking for? Adversity that you suffered in the Crimea. Were there any pre-existing non-acting skills or aptitudes that you had to bring to working on Sharp? Uh, is that to me or everyone? Everyone, I guess. Good. <clears throat> non-acting skills. Mm. Uh, riding a horse. Um, playing chess. Very good. Playing chess. I think fiber gel required more skill. <laughs> it did. Riding a horse definitely was, was, was one of them, wasn't it? Because... I remember one day being put on a horse and there was a horse wrangler there. Apart from Dinny, he, there was a, a guy, Jason, you might remember his name, Lyndon, you might, or, or, or Michael, uh, um, he was, what? Slava Berlachko. Slava. He was not brilliant, but he only seemed to speak about three words of English. Right. So one of them was big, one of them was little, and the other one was a kind of mixture, which was chuchut. <laughs> Which was, I think Chuchut meant little. So this yeah, a little bit. With little the bit. amount of pressure you put on the reins, or, you know, pulling on the reins. So to those of us who weren't brilliant riders anyway, it was kind of a little bit of a shocker. And we, I found myself riding across the plain with Dinny becoming an increasingly small figure. And it was just me on my own. He sort of gave the horse a wallop on the, on the bum. And I think I went running off and he was going, Chuchut! And I didn't really, that's, I just had two instructions and it was quite scary. And also my horse only had one eye. So, <laughs> yeah. oh, you come up a few times. Yes. Yes, it was uh, a Scott and uh, a Sunter, a Scott's horse. Scott's oh, well, as, as, as head of the rocket troop, I think I had to ride at the head of this, this troop, but I want, I couldn't because the horse was going right. So I had a, I had to have a man on my right to sort of stop the horse going right. And eventually, so I never really had my moment of glory on a horse. So I was always with somebody. Brian um, remember that horse as well, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we talked a little bit specifically about Enemy and Liz Hurley. What are your memories of Honor? Anyone can start. That's Fyodor and Nick Grace. I loved it. I loved it. I mean, you guys all joke that I got native. I just love being there. Mm. With, all, uh, with all the ailments, just wandering around every day, wandering to the Levadia Palace, going into Yalta, as you say, mm. going to Chekhov's house, going to the place where Gorky stayed, going yep. to the docks. No sex at the docks, Theodore, sorry, but I went down to the docks a lot because there were <laughs> yeah. all those rusting <laughs> ships, weren't there? Like, all the ships were just anchored there and rusting. It was very sad. Uh, uh, uh. Do you remember something about uh, horses? I'm sorry, I'm coming backwards and I'm um, going oh, back. Always come backwards. Yeah, yeah, sure, always. <laughs> uh, there's one, one, uh, that was just Sunday, for you, Michael. one Sunday there was a, a, a guy, uh, from the, uh, the crew, uh, a technical crew that wanted to go for a ride with a horse 
and he took, without saying anything to anyone, he took a horse and he he fell yes. down. Yes. He had an accident. Yes. And he fell. Yeah, it was lunchtime and it was snowing yeah. up at Baidar Valley, I believe. Exactly. And a bunch of them took horses to ride back from location to the lunchroom. Mm. And uh, it was snowy and he didn't know how to really ride a horse. And he slipped and fell off the back, smashed his head. But he had to be oh. air ambulanced home. Not even Paul McGann, you know, not, he had to be air ambulanced. Um, uh, Natasha's good friend, <laughs> Igor. Remember Igor, the interpreter? Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say sort of. Um, anyway, so he had to go to Sevastopol, Natash. Yeah. 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 And then fly on from there to England uh, to a hospital. Okay. Very, very sad. I've got, I've got a question. Uh, talking about sad departures. So the lovely, wonderful Dame Diana Rick, was she ever approached to being sharp at all? Or would there have been a good role for her? There's a question. What could she, she would have been? Sh were there many older women in sharp, though? I mean... I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, the young Diana Rigg could have could have had a, could have given Teresa. A yes, Natasha's saying she could have played Rosie Linehan's part. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. um, mm -hmm. oh what was her name? Oh, oh Nugent, Beth, Beth Nugent, Beth yeah. Nugent. Yeah, she could have played her. You wouldn't have got Diana out to the Crimea, though. I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> Did you, obviously, Michael, if you'd noticed on Facebook, there is a picture of Diana Rigg and I. That's why I brought working, it up. That's why I brought yes, it up. of course. We worked on a thing called Mother Love. Back yeah, in 1989. Yeah. I have to say, I saw that t that was the title, and it sounds inherently creepy. Just looking at the picture of you two together and the title, what was it about? Well, it's about her. Well, all I remember is my scene was I'm. I, she brings oh. me Laber she brings me laburnum seeds, and I have to crush them up and put them into cookies, and they are going to poison the, her son's wife or something. She, she's she's a nasty piece of work. Excellent. I loved her in Game of Thrones. I thought she was brilliant. Amazing. She took no crap off of anyone in that. I liked it. Well, I was very fortunate to work on her very last piece of work yeah. last year, which is Edgar Wright's new film, which is coming out well in April now. It's been delayed. Hmm. But she... Um, What's it called? It's called Last Night in Soho. And it's going to be quite special. And it's particularly special because it's got Anna Rigg Terence Stamp and Rita Tushingham, all sort of touching 80 or just over 80, sort of playing characters who had characters who'd seen better days in their uh, in their youth. And it was very brilliant casting in a way um, to get those three. But anyway, so that's my memory of her having a brief... Last of the summer wine. Though, Jason, yeah. Can I ask a question, um, Jay, of, of you uh, uh, and and uh, and Lyndon? I I never knew uh, what, what the casting process was for the chosen men. I just wondered how. Um, if you've been over this thousand times, please forgive me, but I never knew. Can I start, Lyndon? Sorry. Should I start? Yeah, carry on, man. Um, <laughs> we kind of covered it before, but yes, my my audition, and you're not going to correct me on this, mother. Does um, <laughs> my audition was on the 12th of May, 1992. And oh, it was so And it was because I've written the book about it. And it was uh, it was on Knoll Street in Soho, above a tobacconist uh, news uh, news agent. Um, and um, I didn't know anything about Sharp. We I sat with uh, Jim Goddard, the first director of Sharp, and we talked about everything but Napoleonics, everything but the book, everything but the filming, nothing about Russia at all. We just generally chatted, and we got on to talking about my father. My father was a writer. Blah, 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 blah. And um, I left the audition thinking I hadn't got it. And it was about two months later when I got a call saying, Jason, you're going to Russia for 16 weeks. 
Now, there was never once where we optioned. Never once. Bino was optioned. Brian Cox turned down his option. Asunta, la, 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 la. But we were never, ever optioned. In fact, a couple of the years, they said, listen, if you don't sign on the dotted line, we're just going to get someone else. <laughs> so, right. yeah, that answers your question about that. Right, Linda, does that, <laughs> that, that match your, your experiences? Yeah, 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 pretty much the same. I was, um, uh, yeah, obviously you know the place where the auditions were. But, um, yeah, Jim Goddard, um, I was rehearsing a play for the, at the Bush Theatre when, when I had my audition. I had uh, two auditions. I met Jim at the place that Jason said. Obviously, I can't remember the date and the time and the day. <laughs> Good. Now, now I remember meeting Lyndon, although I must say I had, to, I had to look at my notes later on because Lyndon was famous. Lyndon was in The Singing Detective. Yeah. So I sort of remember Lyndon at my audition going down the stairs, out the door, whatever. I'm thinking, oh, this could be good. They're getting famous actors in. Good. <laughs> but no, Nick, we, we were definitely, it was year by year. That was extraordinary. Years, that is so of, bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. A couple of yeah. years went back for no extra money. I know everyone says, oh, boo-hoo, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. Yeah. But there were some serious uh, wage hikes for the up above us. And but also the value, the, the actual value, without blowing smoke up your asses, uh, actually the, the value you provided as well on the social side, quite apart from the performance side, you were the kind of hosts. You were very, <laughs> were very good. It must have been exhausting welcoming new faces in all the time and then sort of trying to be... You know, well, very... We were pretty wasted the whole time, so it was all right. Can I, just um, say, I, I, I met Jim Goddard, and I can't remember what the part was, actually. I, I, I never got the job. But then I, when Tom took over, I got the job in... I got offered the job in Sainsbury's. <laughs> in Ireland, Sainsbury's, when I was... And Tom just said, Phil, are you busy? And I was, like, and I was actually doing the bill at the time. And I went, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm free. I'm free. He said, because I'm just thinking about you coming in to do Sharp. And he mentioned the character. And I got out of the bill kind of surreptitiously for six weeks so I could do the first episode of, ah. of Sharp. I was Did you even audition? No. No, because I'd, I'd worked with Tom a couple of times before. Mm-hmm. And he just said, do you want to do it? And I went, just for my agent. Just for my age, I want to do it, yeah. And I went to the bill, and there was the guy who was in charge of programming in the bill, and I said, because he didn't do anything with computers, it was all on boards, uh, or, you know, different episodes. And I just said, you've got to get me out for six weeks to do, I want to do this thing. And the producer of the bill never knew. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. Good yes. on. Were they yeah. paying you at the same time? Sorry? Were they still paying you? Well, yeah, I was just on a contract for a year. So many episodes, and um, I, I just said, "You've got you. I won't stay if you if you can't get me out of this thing to to to, to get because I wanted to go to Russia, wanted to go to Ukraine, wanted to do Sharp." And it's he, better he, than he filming in the Whitgift Center, isn't it? Sorry, it's better than filming in the Whitgift Center for the film. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they got me out. They got me out for six weeks. And also, I, considering how many injuries and stuff there were, you were quite lucky to get back in one piece. Anything exactly, yeah. Nick yeah. Rowe and Nick Grace, how did you get your parts? I'm guessing you didn't audition. Far well, too I, special. I have an office called Ecos Films, did I? I mean, was it was it Ecos Films going by then? Was it was it was it them? Or Celtic? It was Sharp, Sharp Film was the, the, the parent company, but it was, what, it was Celtic, Celtic Film Celtic, and so Picture Celtic, Palace. Celtic, Celtic Picture Palace. 
Yeah, <clears throat> Celtic, that's right, Celtic films. And and um and, and and to be honest, I really remember very little. Did I meet Tom? I, mean, I think I probably met Tom Clegg. Would I have met Tom Clegg? Yes, I think I did. But not in Sainsbury. But, but what? But not in Sainsbury. But <laughs> best story, very good story there. <laughs> because it's like, it's, no, I only go to Waitrose, darling. Okay, that's an assumption. You might be right, but that, no, I have a Sainsbury's around the corner. What is this? Some, anyway. Um, <laughs> weirdly enough, Tom Clegg's daughter works in the pet shop. Um, or worked in the pet shop that I buy my food from. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how we quite... You eat pet food? food. Your, your food or your pet's food? My yeah. pet's food. Okay, yeah. just clarifying. So, uh, uh, that's a little aside. It's not going anywhere, that. But, um, no, the, 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 the answer is, I, I honestly, I, I'm afraid I can't quite remember my audition, but I think it all happened very quickly, as I say. And um, uh, I, I do remember playing poker with Tom Clegg. I'm just, um, you know, a demon poker player, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Funnily enough, Nick... Um, before before Sharp or yeah before Sharp I had an audition for something called Between the Lines anyone remember that show Between yeah. the Lines it was a cop show and yeah. it was directed by Tom Clegg and um, I auditioned for it and didn't get the part so when when uh, Tom replaced uh, Jim I thought oh my god I'm in for it now mm. but <laughs> and in many ways I was um, <laughs> Nick, well, Nick, Nick Nick Grace you, yours was a straight offer presumably no, no, no. I had to go yeah. to the Hubbard's office in whatever street it was then. No, the Hubbard's. That's right. the Hubbard's. Oh, that was it. Hubbard Castings. Oh, yeah. yeah. John, so John Hubbard was there. Hubbard. Tom, I met yeah. for the first time. And he was he was absolutely lovely. He said, "Can you really speak Spanish?" I said, "Well, I can learn Spanish." And he yeah, said, "Right." No. <laughs> yeah. So that was a no. Yeah. That's funny. And Nick, did he ask you? Um, the, did you have the eye of the cardinal and the heart of a snake? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's how Hatcher. That's for the other Mick, isn't it? Not me. That's, that's how that's how Hatcher Hatcher was described. That's how I described. I did indeed. Yeah, of course. Yes, yes. And and you know what's great? I watch, rewatch the episode, and you arrive on the thirteenth minute. So it's you perfect. Are. You do on the thirteenth minute of the show, Papa Hatcher writes, "You're true evil." Well. And there's a lovely bit. Yes, of the end where... I've known you since you were a little boy. I had no idea. That you were this anally retentive about dates, times, minutes, and <laughs> the book. Oh my God! Please, he's kidding me. Just send him up, please. <laughs> send him up. I cannot he's the book. What year did I first meet you in Moscow Road? Uh, well, that was after we met on Sharp. In so Moscow. it would be. It, no, it would no. Be... When, when you were a little boy in Moscow Road, I think it was. Oh yes, yes, that was yes, that was probably you. 1973 or 1974. Didn't you write the date down? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll explain this. I live, uh, I, my mum lives on Moscow Road at Windsor Court. Across from our building was a guy called David Ronda, who was a famous screenwriter, dead now. His wife was an artist. They called Jack, Jack Ronda. You're wrong Jack again. Ronda. Jack Ronda. Sorry. Jack Ronda, sorry. David's the son. David's yeah, son of Hanover. Tanya Ronda's the playwright. They had crazy parties that people like Lindsay Kemp used to arrive at and Nick Grace. And obviously, I, I, I watched those two arrive one, uh, one evening and I was never the same since. <laughs> but I want a piece of that. I want to be an actor. I want to be yeah, like yes. I want to be just like Nick Grace. I want to be like Lindsay Kemp. <laughs> not, yeah, not Lindsay Kemp. Nick Grace. No. Exactly. Does anyone know Lindsay Kemp? No, no. I've seen, yeah. I've seen his stuff at Sadler's Wells. Just so imagine thirteen-year-old boy, twelve-year-old boy seeing this arriving <laughs> up the stairs of your house. Your, your friend. Who's, who's Nick? Would you know the guy who was the blind, the blind guy that always used to be with, yeah, got, with Lindsay well, Kemp? It was his partner in life, and also he's totally blind and. Would always dance within the show. He was Jack Jack Burkett. 
That's right. And they've lead him off at the end. The only time you'd ever know that he was blind was when somebody come on and lead him off. <laughs> and Lindsay called him the great Orlando. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> because Lindsay Kemp left this what, earlier this year? When did Lindsay leave us? Earlier this year, I think. Yeah. It's just a one-off. Utterly brilliant. Yeah, absolutely right. Marcus, this is so exciting for you, hearing about the business. Lindsay Kemp. Who the fuck is Lindsay Kemp? Sorry, listeners. Uh, you have Lindsay no Kemp? idea how excited he genuinely is to be. Good. He was the English Marcel Marceau. He was our greatest mime artist. He was incredible. Yeah. And he was I committed. You, you could, I'm you funny could. with it. Yeah. yeah. I've got another question about it. Uh, this, uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm sorry. These are the little things, little my synapses are working in strange ways. I'm just wondering if um, you remember the casino in the hotel. Was there a, was there a sort of... Um, yeah. 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 Drunk with Darrow O'Malley in the casino. You yeah, and yeah. I went one night together, and I got rather scared because there were lots of people there looking like sort of joke gangsters from, you know, they were all. I think they were real gangsters. They were. They were. They were real gangsters. They were real gangsters. That was in Simperopol, wasn't it? In how, how much of a cliche they were. I thought, God, I wasn't going to argue with them because they were much bigger than me, and I leg- legged it fairly quickly. I think I just got a bit scared. That's Lindsay Kemp. You, I was right. Oh, oh. Well done. Oh. There you are, Marcus. Now you know why I'm Jason yeah. Nurse because when we're walking up and down the stairs. And he also, he taught um, uh, David Bowie. David Bowie, yeah. All yeah. those movements and, and, and shapes that he did during his songs. Oh. That's right. It's a bit of real education today, isn't it? Well, you're going to pick it up. You've written it all down. That's very differently. I want to make that. sure I'm giving you the facts. And like you want to make sure day. he pays you when he puts it all in the book. Yeah, what you say, Marcus? He's writing a book. Yes, apparently. And, so. and did he not? Did he not tell you today that he's oh. writing a book? I hadn't. I had never heard Nick. It's all new to me. Jason, Let say the word on. again for the people playing Jason Selkie book bingo listening to this. Say it again. Yes, so um, I'm writing a book. It's called From Crimea with Love. It's featuring uh, all these lovely people you hear today. Who's yes, publishing it? Who's involved. publishing it? That's it's published it. by Unbound. You can pre-order right now if you oh, want. Okay, great, great. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Nick, we'll there's a the end, don't worry. for our listeners. Every time he mentions the book, they have to drink. So we're trying to get them absolutely ratted listening. And to that's now seven mentions in the last five minutes. That that's yeah. mentions of what? Yeah. It's it's breakfast in the Ukraine. <laughs> 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 absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, there's no bacon. <laughs> What was, the name of, what was the name of the hotel in Simferopol? Was it Moskva? It was called the Moscow Hotel, the Moskva Hotel. Moscow, yeah. Yeah. And we stayed there on the second year, and on the third, you went there third year, uh, first uh, and second year, and they did have a casino down yeah, in, right. they, they didn't have it the first year, they had no casino the first year, but they made so much money off Sharp, they had a whole refurbishment the second year went back. Remember, Lyndon? Correct. That was yeah, so yeah. different. The rooms weren't refurbed, though. No, but they put a casino downstairs. They had oh, yeah, no, 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 yeah, that wasn't there. The first year. I, we were, I just remember all those guys appearing in, like, um, bullet-riddled BMWs and Mercedes. <laughs> and I said, how do they get How do they get those cars here? Because you didn't see Mercedes or BMWs, you know, then, in, in, certainly in Simferopol. And he said they used to go to East Germany in a little kind of, you know, crappy car about six of them and they'd all go off steel cars and then drive them back that's, that's that was their import system apparently bill- oh, hundreds of BMWs were left Berlin airport and landed in Moscow apparently <laughs> and what, what was our hotel called Jason was it really a KGB yeah, yeah. We, we yes we lived in the Chernomorish sanatorium 
That's right. right. Which was a which was a, uh, a KGB relaxation home. Yeah, it was for drying oh. out KGB alcoholics, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, oh. it was amazing. What about the sea water swimming pool? Yes, yes, that's right. Yep. They, so they had they had a whole um, rehabilitation area where they had sauna yeah. and, and stuff. But one of the pools was so deep and it was filled with salt water from the Black Sea just around the corner. And it was yeah. very freaky to swim in, if you yeah. remember. It wasn't very healthy. I was told not to. Um, I had to swim like an, a, a not very old person doing breaststroke <laughs> because you weren't supposed to swallow any of the water. There was a very, very light film of the oil on the surface. It was meant to be very... Oh, well, there was more, more than oil. I, re- I remember the... It's his confession time now. film editor swimming, and he brought his kids over, and he was swimming in the Black Sea, and about 10 metres further down, there was, an, uh, there was a, a pipe with all kind of stuff floating in the water. I did go back and tell him. <laughs> I thought you were going to say there was a dead body or something in it then. Uh, you remember to be fair, the one we were in the KGB hotel had water pumped in through a filter system. I checked all that, because I'm so neurotic about health. But it was pretty good. It just it was salt, sea salt water. It was fantastic. Yeah, it, well, it was nothing wrong with it. I mean, no. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I, I love the way of some the way the way the Ukrainians sunbathed. A lot of them standing there like sort of cormorants were just standing up with their arms aloft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those people were, were often playing chess. So I have a rather wonderful picture of two very very large um, Ukrainians playing chess uh, and a big crowd around them. It's kind of. Um, the memories. Remember Michael Mears and, and Darrow were big chess players. You remember them playing, having long, epic games? Yeah. Yeah. And um, we used to, uh, that was another analogy for um, having fun with the opposite sex. Uh, oh, you've been playing chess, Jason? <laughs> remember, Lyndon? Remember? No. Now no. I've got <laughs> of you in that picture of you wearing nothing but your pants and those wellies. Thanks for that. Wellies, yeah. there's a... <laughs> Special Spetsnaz boots, not well. You were about to play chess, were you? In that, is that the point? Yeah, I, yes, I was about to embark on a, a, a Kasparov, or someone was in town. So I thought, yeah, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Why did the, tell me something? Why did the uh, why did the catering van have bullet holes in it? Was it something to do with um, uh, driving <laughs> through? Yeah. They had, I just say I don't. Was riot. There was no bacon, Nick. They <laughs> they brought a they oh, the chosen men they brought a they brought a uh, didn't they the second year they drove catering trucks over from the UK and as one was coming through Kiev it was um, caught in the crossfire that's what I understood there was one bullet hole or two bullet holes in there Natasha does say she remembers that I don't remember it but Natasha says yes. Um, oh. Thank you. Natasha is my friend always because Absolutely. Can I ask a question? Who are those two those two lovely guys who used to carry the walls around? The two oh. gay couple. Their, their names were We called them Sandra and Sandra Patricia. And Patricia. Go on, tell, go on, go on, tell us about it. Sandra and Patricia. Yeah. And I oh, remember they the really tall, skinny one and then the, the, the really little dinky one. With blonde hair, dyed blonde hair. Yes. One of dyed blonde hair. And yeah. they, they couldn't speak any English. And I think one of the camera crew just used to say, now then, now then. And, <laughs> and that's what they learned. And they used to walk around with water going, now then, now then. <laughs> <laughs> all, they, all, all you could remember them saying was just chai, milocco, chai, milocco, chai. <laughs> now then, now then was hilarious when we got him saying that. I've, I've got a picture somewhere. Could you carry on? Yeah, and, and Natasha just told me both of them are dead now. They were killed, even. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Oh, yeah but, but, but they were all gay, and obviously you can't be gay in... Uh, oh, oh, I remember, yeah. This thing was, chai, chai, 
Coffee. They were such lovely guys, but yeah, yeah they met a grizzly end apparently. Oh, bless them. That's very sad. It is very sad. No, because they used to make a podcast out in their memory then. Okay. Sandra and Patricia. Sandra, yeah. Patricia, well, and Jay Benedict and, and Arthur Wisdom. Guys, thank you so much. This has been absolutely brilliant. I have not had not seen Honour or Enemy for so long. It was a real pleasure to watch it with this in mind and then to catch up with you guys. And also for all the stuff that we've segued onto as well about the business and uh, the Ukraine. We will be coming back very, very soon because we are going to do separate programmes, I believe, on Sharp's Company and Sharp's Eagle. So join us for those because they're going to be absolutely fantastic. Join us for a special tomorrow when we will be talking to Allegra Jordan. Allegra's brother John has featured many times on History Hack and Allegra has beavered away behind the scenes, especially in the early days, helping us to get American historians on. And now it's her turn. So Allegra started off by working on Harvard in World War One and really got um, interested in looking at reconciliation and how you treat your enemy when the war is over and how you move forward and it's something she's really got heavily involved with in life now and she's going to tell us all about it join us on monday when alan malpass will be with us talking all about british treatment of german prisoners of war in world war ii this one was so interesting because it's something that i'd just not really thought about before and you can find all out all about how they were treated uh, how that changed over the course of the war and how they went about going home afterwards we are now on YouTube. We are posting all of our new episodes on there and we have our own channel and we are gradually posting all of the back episodes because we have been made aware of the fact that you can only find the last hundred on some platforms. So you can go and listen to your heart's content and laugh at the cartoons and have a great time. So do go over there and subscribe. Don't forget, you can become a patron of History Hack for as little as a dollar a month. Just go to www.historyhack.podbean.com. It will help us keep going in the aftermath of the coronavirus, and we would really appreciate it, as we would love to do so. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.